This is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And welcome to the bullpen here on 1027 ESPN. Oh yeah. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins. Where'd that come from? Who is that guy? Out of your mouth. Who is that guy? That wasn't me. 512-834-1027 is our phone number here in the bullpen. That's how you start a show. You want to call and uh, make fun of whatever that noise is you just heard? That's the number. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to hear it. That's a, You know what that noise is? That's a man who's excited about a baseball game today. Yep. Right? Yep. That's a man who, who has be... high hopes for his beloved Mariners, right? Yeah, I got to fill in on uh, Sports Talk at 4 o'clock, and oh. poor Beto is going to have to deal with multitasking Brandon. Well, doing the show and watching sports at the same time because I'm not going to have to have it on my phone in here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, certainly as you. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. As you can expect here on the bullpen, we will dive headfirst into baseball talk here in a bit. And do keep in mind, it's uh, 237. You were wrong, by the way. It's not 230 on the dot. 237, first pitch. Did I not? From the juice box. Did I not clarify? You did Did not. Did you not hear me clarify to say that I don't care? 100%. It's seven minutes difference. I don't care. Well, but now you know. No, thank but, you. But in all, I appreciate but that. And all serious, all jokes aside, I would have been worried. At, first pitch at the juice box. Man, I would have been worried if I turned it on at two thirty and still saw the pregame. Be like, what is going on? Did they cancel? Look, I would have turned it off. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. Not a baseball. Zero fan. patience. I don't like baseball, so you know. Who are you today? One of the biggest That's, lies I've, I've never ever heard told. you say that before in my life. One of, the of biggest, knowing you, biggest lies I've ever it's told. Not been that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple couple years. Four years. Time. Four years. Yeah. Has it been four yeah, already? Maybe. Good God! No, it's actually been five. Stop. No, it'll be full. Well, it'll be. It's been five years in Austin for me. It'll be five years here, uh, February. Well. Welcome so to town. That's a few months Welcome away. Welcome to town, man. Glad, glad you can make it. Hope five good. years, man. I've known you five years. That's it, uh, time goes by too fast. I just I hate it. I, I, I know. Hate it. I know. I hate. I hate knowing me too. I'm starting to feel. I'm starting to feel older and older. And uh, look, one thing I've learned as I've gotten older is youth is wasted on the young. Period. Okay. Too how young so, to appreciate so? it. Too young to appreciate it. When you when you're young, you don't appreciate what you got. Then you start hurt, throwing your back out, punching in the code at the, the apartment complex gate, and you realize what value let me had. Qu- let me quote the famous Andy Bernard. Why can't we know we're in... Uh, oh, man, I'm going to screw it up already. I liked it as soon as I said that. <sighs> All right, I'm going to get this quote. Shall we reset? Yeah, we can, we we'll, can move on. I'll, I'll just we'll blurt out the quote later. Okay. We're going to kick things off today in the NFL as Commander's owner Dan Snyder says he believes he's got enough, quote, dirt on fellow NFL Why don't owners. we realize we're in the good old days when we're in the good old days? <laughs> Boom! Nailed it! Didn't even look it up. Sorry, okay, continue. I just, I'm just marveling at that, that that's what you forgot to... <laughs> That simple quote. I got nervous because I didn't want to say it wrong, and then then it it fell out of my brain completely. But he's right. He's right. You're right. The good old days. The good old days. The good old days. Um, Dan Snyder may be pining for the good old days as well, as there's an upcoming meeting of owners, and with what he's saying here, that he's got enough dirt, he could, quote, blow up several people. NFL owners. Commissioner Roger Goodell. Not physically blow up. No. Metaphorically blow up. thank you. Uh, but uh, there's going to, you know, owners meeting coming up, I believe, next week. All 24 are going to be in the same room. They can do whatever they want at any time. Yeah. And there's no talk at the moment about trying to oust Snyder. Publicly. Well, you talk like this, somebody's going to start rallying against you. Yeah, Publicly, it's not being talked about, but you know behind the scenes they're like, we need to get this guy out of here. 
Uh, a veteran owner uh, tells ESPN, uh, an unnamed veteran owner, he's backed into a corner and he's behaving like a mad dog. That's because he's getting away with everything. Yeah, everything. So why wouldn't he act like that? Uh, so this report comes at a time in which you know the embattled owners face an investigation from the league and a congressional committee, and they're looking into that workplace misconduct uh, there in the franchise. I feel like every year there's a new allegation every against year. him. Every, every single season for like the past, what, five years? Yeah, at least. Now, Snyder has reportedly told associates he does not plan to lose the Washington team, quote, without a fight that would end with multiple casualties, end quote. Yeah, he's really saying all the wrong things. This is not going to help him. This isn't going to sway the owner's opinions from wanting to get him out here, out right. of there. It's, they may, yeah, they, I think they could probably handle some, uh, some, I guess, quote-unquote casualties on his way out, as long as it gets him out, depending on what those... I mean, I, 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 you have he to... he apparently you, has. I mean, call him out, or, uh, you know, call him out on his bluff. You have to assume that, that most of the NFL at this point is getting real uncomfortable with this guy. 100%. I'm he, sure they have been for a while, but they're just trying to figure out how to get him out. Over 23 years, he's amassed all kinds of uh, unknown dirt using these private investigators he's known to use. They fo- he, he, has, he pays PIs to follow team owners around. Mm. Um, they're t- allegedly, but uh, he's also used tactics to, to scare employees, seeking accountability from workplace misconduct and sexual harassment allegations levied against him. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's slime. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so one commander's executive has, has uh, repeatedly called Snyder, quote, the most powerful owner in the NFL, thanks to the information that he's gathered there. His use of private investigators to follow owners well-known in circles uh, all, all around the league. So owners and league officials have been informed that the Washington owner has told his law firm to hire private investigators and, and keep tabs on Roger Goodell, uh, among others. He's apparently has a dirt on oh Jerry Jones, he says. he says. He says he's got dirt on Jerry. I'm sure everyone does. But they're buddies. These opposed, guys have supposedly. been around too long. I mean, they got uh, everyone's got dirt on everyone. I, 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 I would have to believe that. Yeah, but I mean, you got to be a scumbag to be threatening to blow up the NFL just because you can throw a temper tantrum because you're getting called out for being a scumbag. Consider the source. Yeah, honestly, now this a, shouldn't be a surprise. A Washington took this long. A spokesperson for the Commanders says that it's quote simply ridiculous and utterly false that Snyder at any point would uh, be threatening to blow up the league. We don't believe you. I don't at all. <laughs> Not one bit. You can say whatever you want, but nobody believes you. And when it comes to the Snyder's well-known use of private investigators, uh, John uh, attorneys with the John Brownlee and uh, Stuart Nash. I'm sorry, they're John Brownlee and Stuart Nash with the uh, Holland Knight uh, Law Firm says that uh, they say that's categorically false. He has no dossiers compiled on any owners. BS. Uh, I think all the owners have a lot of dirt on everyone else. Yeah. I'm sure this isn't just mutually exclusive to him. Probably He's not. just the one who got caught or admitted that he's been keeping tabs on literally everyone else. Right. What the hell? So, as we mentioned there, uh, we've got uh, the owners are meeting next week. Uh, so, this article sort of hints that there may be a push growing to shove Daniel Snyder out of Club Oligarch. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh could happen next week because you'll have 24 owners who are in the same room who can do the exact whatever they want, whenever they want. Uh, what does that mean? So they get to create decisions? They, they make decisions with each other at these meetings? Like whatever they want? So they're trying to figure out how to make their teams better? If they're all, if they're all together and yeah. they can all reach a consensus in the moment where they're in the exact same room together, then hey, why, why, need, why set up any future meeting? We can do sure. it right now. Sure. 
However, according to Rob Motti of the Associated Press, uh, there is no plan to vote on Snyder's status at the upcoming meetings, but at least not publicly. Yeah. If they really wanted to, they could Zoom or they could just do like an email chain vote of, of and they can make a decision that way. They don't have to be together. Yeah. I don't think. I don't know if that's a rule. I don't know. They all have to be in the same room to decide on big events and or big decisions and things like that. I would imagine if they really wanted this guy out of there, they could figure it out without having to schedule a full-blown meeting in New York or wherever. Yeah, I don't know. These are old-time billionaire businessmen. That's true. You know, they probably yeah. like the face-to-face handshake sure. thing. Sure. Which I, I definitely see some credence to. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't think you're ever going to win me over fully on this whole virtual thing we've Are you a handshake guy forever? Very much so. For sure. Really, yeah. Cool. Yeah, look them in the eye and let them know you're there. That's what my dad used to always tell me. Yeah. What if what if they what if they grip your forearm? What does that mean to you? Uh I'm probably gonna think you're like a Hell's Angel biker, something like that. <laughs> okay. All right. And I'll go, hey, what's up, brother? Yeah. Something like that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh so speaking of, of uh owners, Jerry Jones is eighty years old now. I'm sorry. Celebrating his eightieth birthday. I thought he was gonna be in the nineties with the way he looks. I'll tell you, sometimes Skeletor from He Man looks My better than Jerry God, Jones does. What happened? Yeah. Well, plastic surgery looked good for him for a while. Only now, age is catching up with him, and it's well. So the plastic is really staying, working. but the, the Correct. skin is <laughs> right. moving. Right. Uh, no, that's only my theory. But although I would say that when it comes to people who've gotten work done, Jerry certainly had one of the better surgeons. I will say he's very spry for an eighty-year-old. Absolutely. But, you know, Pete Carroll is in his seventies. Yeah. That, which is which that. is crazy when and you look at it. He runs like thirty miles every game, up and down, back and forth. Because Pete forth. looks like he's maybe sixty-five. Yeah, he's the oldest coach. In the world. He really, yeah, he looks great for his age. Um, but there were a few years ago, you might remember Jerry Jones uttered that personal slogan: "I ain't got time for a bad time." So good time, Jerry. Turn 80 years old today. Wow. What a saying. <laughs> so what do you get a billionaire that's got everything? Nothing. Yeah. A, a, a how handshake. About, how about, how a, about a handshake and a salute for another year made? How about a win against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday? Sure. How about it? Yeah. That uh, seems important. Well, I mean, <laughs> you can buy everything else. You want your team to win. How about you win? That's true. Uh, maybe he buys another team. Or buy another team. Yeah. I think he's pretty content with the Cowboys. He is. The most valuable sports franchise on the globe. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, Staying with the Cowboys, you know, there have been some talks about Dan Quinn possibly leaving the Cowboys. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, and I think that's a good thing. He deserves another shot. I don't think he's ready yet. I think he's. I think he's content. At least, at least in the moment, I think he's content to just look right where he is. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably it'll probably be the same situation it was last season, where last off season, where we we assumed he was going to take a head coaching job, and he didn't. He stuck around and. State defensive coordinator. He he clearly loves the gig, which I don't blame him. Yeah, and they're getting much better every single year. So why not stick with it? Stick it out. You know, a few more years until the right, you know, place pops up. He's doing wonders for the for the Cowboys defense. They're on pace to to set some records. They're allowing fourteen point four points a game. That would set a franchise record. Uh, Dallas currently has the NFL's third best scoring defense, seventh best defense in yards per game allowed, and the second most sacks. That's good. A lot of the credit you can give to Dan Quinn there. Yeah. Uh, this is essentially the same defense as last season. And yeah. it's much improved. Yeah. And Mike McCarthy's been singing this praise a lot, too. You know, big big fan of what he's saying. And we, you know, we talked about this the other day uh, about how, you know, whether or not Mike McCarthy is not getting enough credit mm-hmm. for these 4-1 and one Cowboys. Sure. And, yeah, he's probably not. But 
Dan Quinn certainly is, and it's absolutely deserved. Absolutely. Because, you know, what's going on over there on offense with Cooper Rush and stuff like that, it's great. But what we're seeing on defense is what continues to impress me week by week. Yeah, and you said it. They're giving up 14 points a game. 14.4. That, that's a, and I've, I've probably seen maybe they usually give up maybe one big play of 20 yards or more a game, which mm-hmm. isn't – I mean, look, if it happens, it happens. It's going to happen. That's football. But the fact that they can respond and – when they get in the red zone, they can hold them to three and not give up a touchdown. Like that, that's huge. That's and you, huge. And you saw what he could do with the Seahawks with the whole Legion of Boom days. Absolutely. He was the architect, right? Hundred percent, the architect of that that defense. And then both years, uh, Seattle led in scoring. Uh, they led defense. in scoring for like in four or defense, five I years mean. in a row. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was even when he was gone, his his uh, ripple effect stuck around because the other coaches took what he was doing and ran with it because they didn't need to change anything. He's, and I, I can see the same thing happening with the Cowboys. Yeah. If he leaves, he has left the right, you know, pieces in place. Left his mark. Yeah, for someone to just come in and just continue to do what he was doing. And I feel like that's not going to hurt. Especially so if he leaves, I don't see it being a huge deal. I don't think it would be a problem for him if he wants to leave, finding somewhere else to go. Not at uh, all. You do is look. Last year, the Cowboys ranked seventh in the NFL in scoring defense last season. Um, and Quinn was drawing a ton of head coaching interest across the league. And he turned, I'm sure, I you think know. he turned down some spots too. He, I, he yeah. turned down Cleveland, yeah. correct? Yeah, he he decided, uh, he told uh, Houston, uh, a sports, um, uh, CowboysSI.com, he said, I think uh, right ahead of the, when he made his decision, he says, I, I just want to be right here where my feet are. I would be so okay. he was okay with sticking around. I would be okay with him to stick around in Dallas till Pete Carroll retires and get on back to the Northwest, my friend. Get we need back, you. Huh? Uh, yeah, so uh, what do we got this weekend? Uh, on Sunday, we got the 4-1 and Cowboys and the 5-0 and Philly, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I almost said Phillies. That's Sunday night, right? That is Sunday night, yeah. Uh, Jason, I'll get ACL, but I'm, I'll hopefully get the tail end of it after. So you're going to get Cooper Rush, uh, very, very likely. Um, it uh, looks like Dak Prescott today. Uh, the Cowboys not ruling him out for this week's game in Philadelphia until they have to, but the signs are clearly pointing to him missing his fifth straight game with that right thumb injury. Very likely picking up. Where it would, the did, they, did they not say it was a four to six week uh, re- uh, uh, recovery? They did. They did. Recovery. And Jerry Jerry was a master with it, you know, going on 105.3 and spinning it around like, oh, he could be back in a couple See, weeks. It's not a big deal. And here it is. It's right on schedule. I feel like it made it made this thing last longer. Yeah. It, it makes it feel like because every time, every week, they would give, him, give us hope that Dak might be able to play. And then it's clear he's not ready because he hasn't even he hadn't even been practicing until what yesterday, yeah. And so it just makes it, it kind of feels like this injury has dragged on because of all the teasing around it and uh, the irrational optimism. I guess is the best way I can put it, right? Because it was clear that he's hurt and could not throw the football, and yet they kept teasing he could, he potentially could. Here's uh, here's Mike McCarthy on Dak. Dak had a good day yesterday. He threw post practice, um, and it, it went well. Plan today is to have him participate in the quarterback school drills, and then he will throw again post practice. Now he's not the only guy, uh, uh, you know. He's not the only key player on the practice report. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Jason Peters also included. Parsons didn't work, but uh, is expected to play on Sunday. So. Uh, but yeah, had a, McCarthy says had a good day. Things went well for him. So you know, we'll see. But I personally am okay with uh, waiting because I yeah, like, I mean, it's not like Cooper hadn't been doing okay on his end. Exactly, he's he's competent enough to keep it going, and there's no reason to think he can't do it again this week. Yep. I yep. mean, even if it's even if it's with against the Eagles, 
There's nothing he has shown that proven that he can't do the job. Right. So maybe this week's maybe this week he gets 300 yards instead of the what was you say 109 or something like that he yeah. got last week. Yeah. But that's okay. That's what they needed. So uh, they'll adjust. Exactly what they needed. They obviously have the running game going a little bit, and so if that's not working, Cooper Rush can 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 sling it. Yeah. So they have. They have it. It's in their grasp. They can win this game. Yes, they can. And they should. Yes, they and can. I hope they do. Stick around Sorry, here on Delaware. the bullpen. Uh, Al, we got uh, Thursday night football coming up tonight. Al Michaels says if the game sucks as bad as last week, he'll quit. Oh, my God. Please do. I really hope it sucks. thought that might get your attention. <laughs> Are you lying? Did it really say I'm that? I'm not lying. <laughs> 512-834-1027's the number. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the bullpen. This Thursday afternoon. 23 quick shout mi- out. 23 minutes past the hour. Quick shout out. Can what? I do that real quick? Can yeah. I get a little sentimental? Absolutely, my friend. Let's do this. I just want to appreciate, I just want to send a shout out and appreciate to all of the people who listen to us. Mm. I know we're not the most well-known of voices around these parts, but y'all are listening and I appreciate it. And we love you for it. I would echo those sentiments. So I don't know if anyone else says thank you to y'all enough, but we appreciate every single one of you. Not a, no, there's no lie. No lie in a no single syllable that just came out of your mouth. And we do appreciate it. Absolutely. And we would love to hear from you if you want to Absolutely. give us a call. 512 is our number. We are to music, movies, sports, whatever the hell you want to talk about, man. Now you're getting sappy over there. You haven't been drinking. <laughs> Unless, no, you, unless you count no, coffee, just, just everyone thinks this is sludge oh, or alcohol because of the cups I bring them in. But hey, I can't help it. It I does. Like. It, well, it does have an odd look to it, and I don't know if it's because of the yeah, it must be the color of your cups. So let me, uh, let me, let me. Sometimes it looks you like you're drinking back, like prune juice. Do you want the backstory? Is it, do, you, do you think anyone cares? Mm. I don't I, think it's up to you, cares. man. It's your story. It's just my my last roommate. He always he taught me to save your coffee after you brew it. Right. So when you have a lot of black coffee left over or coffee left over in your coffee pot, you put it in the little, you know, the chef containers, the little clear chef containers, right? Want to drink it for later? And then you have, you put it in your fridge, and then you have cold brew, unofficial cold brew throughout the week. Okay. And I just put it in these little plastic cups because they're easy to, to uh, you know, move or carry it, I guess. Right arm. Right arm. That's all. That's all I got. No, it's cool. And we just lost all those people. I said thank you to. <laughs> yeah, Great. yeah. Nobody's looking. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. It's true though. That, that that's handy. It's it's a good way to do. Uh, it, it, yeah. And then people Conserve always question coffee. what's in there. So it's a fun game I play. I guess. Prune juice over there. It's coffee. So Thursday night football, Bears Commanders, and Bears are going to have to learn to trust in their quarterback. Are we sure it's the Bears? Because I saw their color scheme and they look like uh, the, the Browns two Oh, the Browns. Yeah. yeah, they got the they got the puke orange. All over their jerseys, even their helmets. Yeah. It does not look good. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it, it's an odd look. Um, we had, a, for a while, over in the newsroom, we had a, a foam bears hat. Yeah, that's Johnny Roods. Johnny Roods, right. Mm-hmm. And he first brought it down there, and I was like, I, I looked at it, and I'd go, dude, I, I thought you were a Bears fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are you coming down here with a Bengals hat? It, it's, it's Seriously. And then he turned around, oh, okay. Yeah. That is a bear, but you're right. The color scheme's a little odd. He's used to it. Yeah, he's used to it. So the Bears and their fans excited when the team drafted Justin Fields, young quarterback last year. Seemed like possible answer to the long-running quarterback problem. Whoops. Things haven't really worked out for him, though. Uh, and I don't think the Bears really have a lot of faith in their young quarterback. And they're going to have to. 
Uh, they didn't give much help around the, the draft and free agency. You know, their offensive line, receiving core, really uh, are awful. They both ranked dead last in the NFL. Uh, Bears have called games like they'd be happy if they never have to attempt a forward pass, and perhaps that's because <laughs> they don't want to expose their young quarterback. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, no matter the reason, though, they're heading into tonight's matchup against the Commanders. Amazon Prime Video, and they're doing everything they can to hide a quarterback who was a, the 11th pick in the draft last year. There's a good chance I probably won't watch this game. Uh, I have zero interest in watching these teams play. I couldn't care it less. Just, I, who, who the hell's <laughs> scheduling this? I, yeah, a, a Thursday thing. night. And you know Amazon Prime spending all you this are exclu- money. You are the exclusive game every Thursday. For the next 11 years. Yeah. I believe it's like a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, uh, some ridiculous figure. Uh, so, yeah. And, and, here, and here you get Bears Commanders. <laughs> Whoopee. Uh, Can't wait. So, Sounds fun. So this kid, I was doing some some looking up, though. Justin Fields, last season, he attempted 25.5 passes in his starts. He averaged 180 yards per game, and he's been regressing this yeah. year. This season, he's down to 17.6 attempts, 135.8 yards. Better suited for back in the 1960s when it was a different game. Mm-hmm. So. And the ball was like three times the size it is now? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm thinking I may uh, I may be taking the... Commanders on this one tonight. You know, I think it's a, it's in Chicago, correct? I'm I'm going to take the home team on this one. I think the Bears are going to pull it out. I although the Commanders have looked fairly decent to start the season, so I'm probably wrong, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the home team on this one. So this is another awful game coming off of last week's game with Colts Broncos, mm. which was brutal to say the least. Just a snore. Yeah. So last Thursday... I don't know. I wouldn't call it a snore because it was hard to look away. Well, it was hard not to watch because of how bad it was because you were just expecting them to finally pick it up, both right. teams, and they just didn't do it. The old the old, uh, uh, like train wreck yeah. effect. Although I, I, did, I did hit the train by overtime. I was done. I was over it. I couldn't watch it. I cannot. I still can't believe it. The... Broncos lost. Right, that was the only that was the only exciting moment of the whole game. They went over time and, and they I, I had the chance to deliver and they didn't. Nope. They, in true Russell Wilson fashion, right? A hundred percent, my friend. Uh which so, is weird to say because he has a lot of game winning touchdowns. Certainly. Or drives. But he's just turned an end to the guy that the last four four years he has just not or last he, three he's not years who he, he just he hasn't been the same person. And it was honestly, I have to think it's because he played through a he had a I think he busted his knee very badly in twenty seventeen. Never miss a start. Yeah. Just, he's never been the same since. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Sad. Uh, so last Thursday, Al Michaels said what we all were thinking. And he collectively suffered through the misery of that game that, uh, you know, it was, he has no interest in calling a game this bad ever again. I do appreciate his honesty. And so he said in an appearance on Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago, uh, he said, if we don't have a better game than we had last Thursday, I may retire. I think he wants to retire because I don't know if he's seen the matchup yet, but I don't know what he's going to expect. He, he says, I've done, I've done pretty close to 800 NFL games, and with all due respect, guys are trying. I understand. We all know that, but that was grim, and indeed it was. <laughs> uh, and we're all bracing for another snooze stink fest. It's probably going to be a shoot, shootout because we're talking so much crap about it. And it's funny because Al Michaels actually said something very similar to what you just said last week. He said sometimes the game is so bad that it makes it entertaining. You can't turn away. Almost like that year that the uh, that, that we were all rooting for the Lions to go ahead and just pull out a winless season. Just yeah. go ahead and lose, man. Every yeah. game I, I wanted to watch because I wanted to watch them lose. Go ahead and give us the, the reverse perfect season. The 
the Saddam touch instead of the Midas touch on that one. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As it were. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so tonight, uh, if you want to watch, you have to watch on Amazon Prime. Good luck. Uh, Enjoy. Interestingly enough, Amazon Prime's actually been having some okay numbers here. Their numbers are actually up uh, 11% increase in the first four Thursday night football games from last season. Still haven't delivered on that $13 million a game. I mean, 13 million viewer a game. Not promise, even close. Though. And this is not going to help at all. And about 20% of the viewers, you got to also understand, I think, you know, probably over the air broadcast viewers, you know, people that actually get to sit on their couch and watch on their television like God intended. Yes. So, exactly. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. So uh, one last bit of news out of the NFL. Uh, the NFL has announced some schedule changes possible for the uh, a, uh, possible Mariners. Seahawks mm-hmm. conflict here. That's right. Uh, some football fans maybe were slightly traumatized by the back and forth Aaron Judge cut-ins during uh, football Saturdays. <laughs> so we got October baseball in full swing now. Seattle's facing a predicament with the Mariners possibly playing Sunday. And that would be in conflict with the, with the Seahawks. Yep. So if you're going to be wanting to tune in for this, never fear if that happens. And I know you're hoping it does. 90 minutes later is when the Seahawks game will start. Right. If I'm not mistaken, uh, T-Mobile. I don't really know how that's going to help. Lumen Field and T-Mobile Park are right next to each other. They are. They they share a street. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah, uh, and this is a big deal for the city of Seattle. Yeah. First time in 21 years, uh, kids were born and grew up to be drinking age. The last time that you guys were in, uh, played baseball in October. I'm just curious at what the crowd's going to look like because I mean, it's going to be packed at at T-Mobile, but a lot of the Seahawks. Season ticket holders are also Mariners ticket holders, mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see who doesn't go or how empty, I guess, the Seahawks game is going to be. So the big game, the only game uh, today, because the Yankees-Guardians game two has been rained out, pushed tomorrow, and that's going to be a tough for, for both of them moving brutal. forward. So yeah. the big, the one and only game, it's it's our game, Luis man. Castillo versus uh, Framber Valdez, baby. Now, I'm going to be honest with you about something. The Astros got the win in game one, but the Seattle Mariners played a better game of baseball in game one. Yeah. It really, the better team did not win. That's true. And I can say that confidently. And I can, I'll back you up on that. The, I mean, you guys knocked Verlander out. I didn't see that happen. Save the eighth inning, really. Uh, this was Seattle's game yeah. the whole way. Eighth and ninth. And, yep. and that just, I mean, but that's baseball. That's baseball, baseball magic. You know, what? Yeah. some days it falls. But uh, so... Astros, Mariners, they've had a day off. Yep. They're rested. They're yep. ready to go. Uh, division series going to resume at 2.37 p.m. this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So what are your, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts today? I, I got to believe that Luis Castillo can do the same thing he did to the Blue Jays that he did to and can do the same to the Astros. I don't know if he's going to shut them out, but I think this is going to be a – I think this is going to be a 2-1 victory by someone. It's going to be a low scoring oh, with Framer Valdez yeah, up there and Luis I mean, Castillo. Those guys' numbers are are pretty close to identical, and that's not a good thing for either offense. <laughs> you, you won't be you won't be having to face Trey Mancini today. Dusty Baker's taking him out of the DH role uh, and thrown in uh, Alemis Diaz instead of DH. Jake Myers yeah, in at I know, center field. I know why because uh, Diaz has very good numbers against the Mariners. And Trey Mancini went zero for four yeah. against the Mariners. Yeah, uh, I think he, in game one. I think he grounded the shortstop every. He every looked horrible. Yeah, he, he did, did not, not look, look like good. Trey Mancini. No, uh, but this is also his first playoff game ever. True, true. So he was probably nervous, which I don't blame him. So you'll have uh, you got to perform in front of the city of Houston in your first playoff game. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. Uh, so Trey Mancini not in today. Uh, and the, uh, yeah, that, that was the obvious decision, like you say there with Diaz. 
I have seen Diaz hit very large, very long home runs against the Mariners for the past couple seasons, and I am not looking forward to him doing that again. Hopefully, not today. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I was looking here. Uh, the Mariners looks like their their stacked lineup. Uh, they stacked their lineup with right-handed hitters here against Bremer Valdez. You know, mm-hmm. given that he's a, a southpaw. Yep. Only personnel change I'm seeing here from Game One: Dylan Moore starting at left field over uh, Kelnick. Uh, yeah, Kelnick. Yep. Well, I mean, Demo has been on the bench most of the most of the postseason, so they needed to get him in. And they moved Cal Raleigh down to the seven hole also. That is interesting because well, he was doing really good as the cleanup. Yeah. But then you got Adam Frazier hit and JP JP Crawford, two lefties, hitting eight and nine after that. I like Adam Frazier's bat right now. Yeah. He he's been well under his average all season, but he's picking it up at the right time, which I was wondering who was going to do that for my team because, like I said, there's always one or two guys in the playoffs that you just don't expect to just dominate and just completely come out of nowhere, and I think he's one of them. He's a he's a leaping grab by Bichette away from having back-to-back four hit yeah, games. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Mariners look really good right now, obviously energized. Um, I would not be surprised. Well, a little bit justifiably. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys won today. I, 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 I don't know how to pick this one because who the Astros got pitching yeah. and Valdez. However, I made the same argument about Justin Verlander, and why wouldn't I have? And it totally didn't go that way. Yeah, you never know. Um, do you know what uh, Seattle's doing with its ferries today? <laughs> have you heard this? No. If you were still up there right now, yeah. you, could ride the, uh, you could ride the Big Dumper. You could ride the Julio, and yes, it has 11 O's. Yep. Uh, This is in celebration of the Mariners' first postseason appearance since 2001, the epic comeback against the Blue Jays in the uh, wild card series, and the other achievements this year. We Uh, love our ferries up north, Governor Governor Jay Inslee has signed a proclamation renaming each of the state's 21 ferries after Seattle players and personnel for as long as the team remains in the playoffs. Awesome. Uh, He says uh, the honorary name change is a way to show appreciation for the fans to feel even closer to the team by riding... Motor Vessel MV Julio or MV Cal Big Dumper Rally. Now, was that 11 MV O's, Mar- my friend? I'm sorry, man. Julio! I'm, uh, yeah. Forgive my brevity. That's okay. We only have an hour show. I know. Uh, but just just to kind of give you uh, some of these names, uh, just these Washington names I have a hard time pronouncing, but uh, there's your list, you know. If you're, oh, you weren't, you weren't going to try? Uh, Issaquah, I can say that. Hey, that's where, I'm, that's where I grew up. Yeah, no, that's probably why Kennewick, I can say it. Kitsap, Kittitas, Puyallup, Salish, Samish. Uh, South Spokane, where I was born, Squamish, Tacoma, Tillicum. Yeah, you know Matt Rainier used to be called. Uh, originally, was called Mount, Mount Tahoma. Mount Tahoma, yeah, and that's how Tacoma was born. That's correct. I actually did know Fun that. Fact for I you. did know that. Now, over on the Astro side of things, uh, you know who Mattress Mac is? I do. Jim Mackingville. Yep. Uh, one of the one of the great figureheads of uh, of, of charity there in in Houston owns a gallery furniture there up on North I forty five. Just. A, a big fan of gambling, yes. Too, yeah, so we know he's put ten million dollars in the Astros to win it all. Seventy-five million dollar payoff if he's right. That That's would be the largest in sports betting history. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He's going to be really disappointed. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I mean, like, he's, hate to break his heart, but he's got the ten million dollars in bets. Now he's also customers also could pay off here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time around, McInville is offering customers a chance to double their purchase if the Astros win. So, like, say you go buy yourself a five thousand dollar bed, yeah, you get ten thousand dollars back if they win. 
Yeah, and he was doing that for Super Bowl as well. Uh, he he'd let the customers if the if he, he won the bet, then he, they'd get reimbursed right. for what they paid for their mattress or whatever they bought. Right. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, so and and he's never been afraid to, to place these large bets. He won. He's about, clearly rich. He, a dude. Yeah, he's clearly fi- doing just fine regardless. And if you if you want a real interesting history lesson, we don't we're not going we we won't go on the over and on the air here, but read about how he made his some of his money in the old days. Oh, okay. Pretty interesting. Okay. Pretty interesting fellow. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, indeed, an interesting cat. Uh, he so you're about, saying you can't talk about it over air. I that? could. I okay. just uh, I, I would. Pro- I I might we get don't some need of the air. I might get laundry. some of the crucial details wrong, and I would prefer not to. Fair enough. Uh, but he won about fifteen million dollars when Kansas won the NCAA men's tournament uh, tournament back in April. Known for placing massive bets on the Super Bowl and other big sporting events. He's probably uh, Vegas, one of Vegas' favorite faces. He needs to get a store closer to us so we can join in on that fun. Yeah. Because I would love to be reimbursed double what I paid for something. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah, why? Get up here, Mattress Mac. Let's go. Mattress Mac. Uh, so as we mentioned uh, earlier, the scheduling overlords at MLB decided that uh, you know the American League teams are going to play every other day in the division series. So they all had a day off yesterday. Guardians, Yankees rained out today. Mm-hmm. So they have to play tomorrow. And no this is going to be bad. Uh, this means that uh, they're going to have to play four days in a row, all five games needed. No travel days between New York and Cleveland. And they've only played one game. Mm-hmm. All Yeah, they're going to have to play all of them. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Uh, so this this should be I, I'm excited for this one a little bit because you got Shane Bieber. That could also kind of skew who you think could win or lose because they're both so. they're both dealing with brutal travel schedule. Yeah, and they're all hurt from playing in for six months straight. Basically, dang. Yeah. So that uh, could be in the Guardians' favor. So that's yeah. So game two of the uh, the uh, ALDS over there with the Yankees Guardians push back to tomorrow, uh, weather permitting. Still. Yeah. Did you watch any of the the Padres Dodgers last night? I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, um, I was I was glad to see the Padres win. I was too. But I'm on a I'm on a really bad uh, Better Call Saul kick, so I've been oh, so you chose crap out of that right now. Hey, you know I'm a. I need to discuss some things with you. Yeah, you've seen it, right? Uh, I've seen up through four, season four. A better call, Saul. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind. Yeah. I'm on six. Uh, I, I just say it, it's good. I just I got so I got carried away in other directions. Yeah, that's fair. Kim it could, happens. Kim could bring me back though. I'd go back for her. Hey, she directed a bunch of episodes uh, in the fifth and sixth season. Did she? She's great. Yeah, she is. Rhea Seahorn. She is great. She is wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did you see what the? Uh, did you see the goose on the field last night? I saw a picture of it, and I loved the Craig Kimbrell comparison. He looked like Craig Kimbrell. Really, he was that that dude looked like he was ready to go. What was so funny <laughs> about this is that they didn't even try to get this goose off the field. The goose couldn't have cared less. And so That's they d- because they're mean, and they yeah. will attack you and hiss you. Trust yeah. me, I've had it happen to me a couple times. Yeah, uh, always on the golf course. Didn't prove to be a rally goose, though. No. Didn't didn't prove to be a, the reincarnation of the, the rally squirrel from back in 2011 when the, the Cardinals went all the way thanks mm-hmm. to the squirrel. Uh, but uh, yeah, if pot- you want if you want a chance at this series, you got to steal one at home. Right. That's why it's very important. My uh, my Seattleites win today. But the uh, yeah the Padres believe becoming a bit more of a reality as they've pulled even with the Dodgers there uh, they they may have a little bit of momentum on on their side now as they head to uh, Petco for right. uh, for their their series there not uh, too far either just uh, a couple hours down the road now they the Dodgers lost and and Clayton Kershaw was on the mound last night of course the overarching story with Clayton Kershaw is there's two Claytons there is a uh, Clayton Kershaw from April to September and then yeah. there's playoff Kershaw yeah uh, Clay it was kind of a mix of both last night. But uh, Kershaw now has the most postseason strikeouts of all time. So say what you want about his his 
stuttering sometimes mm-hmm. in October. Mm-hmm. 213 is the most strikeouts all time, passing Justin Verlander at 208, who did it just a day before in his, in his series against uh, those guys that you know up there in Seattle. He's going to look good in Ranger Red next season. That would be pretty interesting, wouldn't it? I, I think it all depends on how well he does this postseason if he gets another shot. If he doesn't pitch the way the Dodgers think he should pitch, I think they're going to let him. I think they're going to cut him loose after the season, which seems to be the rumor, and it seems to be he wants to come home to Dallas. So, well, yeah, I mean, that... I would certainly be, even though that's in the same division as uh, my favorite team, but I think that'd be pretty cool to have him go up there. They need pitching up there. Yeah, they you do. I don't see how this can hurt them unless they make the playoffs. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Dodgers Padres now uh, even at 1-1, and uh, Braves, Kyle Wright dazzled in his NLDS start uh, as the, they went on to knock the Phillies out 3-0, even that series up as well. Again, so thankful Matt Olson is no longer in the AL West or in the AL in general. Yeah, you feeling good about that? I am. Working out well for you guys. He's, he's kicking butt yeah. with the Braves, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm happy for him. These guys from the A's who've been on the A's for a long time deserve to be on good teams. So uh, a little bit of encouragement from Uncle Eli toward Arch Manning when it comes to his uh, future here at the 40 Acres. Great. We'll have a little bit more about that coming up as we talk and dive into some college football on the way. 512-834-1027 is a number. Give us a call here on The Bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the Bullpen. Welcome back to the Bullpen. Thursday edition of the Bullpen. Yes, it's Thursday. That dude over there is Brandon Elkins, and this dude right here is Patrick Osborne. How are you? How are you today? I'm doing well. On this Thursday of of Thursdays. Yeah. I had something better to say. We're doing well on this final segment of the Thursday Bullpen. Last chance for romance. Join us. (laughs) 512 is the number here on Loveline. Oh, wait, no. Loveline! Man, I used to listen to Loveline, too. <laughs> I remember years ago in the 90s when it was Dr. Judy and Jagger. Long uh, before uh, Dr. whatever his name. and Dr. Drew and Adam, Adam Carolla, yeah. both of which have... Uh, have um, Done different things. They've uh, Yeah, they've, they've gone an interesting direction since that show. They've gone their own ways. Yes. Gone their own ways. To say the it. least. Yes, indeed. Uh, so... Is the, uh, how far does a last name get you in life? Like, if your last name's Manning, do you think you just automatically have yes. a leg up in things? Yes, 100%. think you automatically have a leg up in throwing a football, being uh, given the job of quarterback? 100%. Now, what if you, as a high school football player, have already broken the records of both of your superstar uncles? NFL retired quarterback uncles when they play at the same high school. You're well on your way to having a great career in Texas. So Manning, uh, Arch Manning, UT commit, attends Isidore Newman High School, the alma mater of uncles Eli and Peyton. Uh, On September 30th, he broke Eli's passing record of 7,389 yards at the school. He also broke Peyton's record of 93 career touchdowns in the same game. Damn. That's So notable last name, and he's living up to it, and so you could argue, yeah, you got the slot because your name's Manning, but Clearly, the kid's got talent. And his Uncle Eli has got some big hopes for him. He told CBS Sports he's already broken all of our records at Newman, so he might as well go on and try to be the first one to win a state championship. Yes. That's been his goal. I'm proud of him, of how he's handled this whole situation. Uh, And then he went on to say, Peyton and I are excited to go to Austin in a few falls to watch him play. So... uh, You had... uh, They'll be living large in the new suites. Yeah. You had, uh, what, you had Eli and Archie. They went to Ole Miss. Peyton Manning went to Tennessee. Uh, but Arch is going to go his own way, blaze his own trail here at YouTube. Go your own way. So, yeah. Go your own way. Good for him. 
Uh, Big 12. We're going to love that. The Big 12 conference apparently has had some meaningful conversations with Fox and ESPN about a new TV contract. That's according to uh, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. I hope that means more teams are allowed in. So the current contract runs to the end of 2024. And it's got uh, an exclusive negotiating window in February of that year. But uh, they're they're desperate. Big 12's desperate here because... (laughs) Again, to say the least, Their cash cows are going away in a couple of years. Yep. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see because they're going to be bringing in... Who are they going to be bringing in? It's like... uh, BYU. BYU and... Is it... uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Houston. Houston. And and, uh, UCF. Is that Central Florida? Yes. So this is going to expand the league's footprint from five states to eight. And no offense to those teams; those are some; those are usually some pretty decent teams, especially especially Cincinnati, sometimes BYU. But that's not going to replace what you lost. Absolutely in, not. In, in any in any way, there's no way that no matter what decision you make, because uh, Big Twelve apparently also has uh, been linked to Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado talks as well. All makes sense. Get rid of the Pac-12. We Cer- don't need it. Anymore. Certainly makes sense. But no matter what you do here, you're not going to be bringing in, uh, uh, you know. SEC or Big Ten revenue. No. You're just not. No especially way. losing Texas and OU to the ACC. I'll be honest, when Cincinnati was really good that one year, I think they were fifth at one point. I never really took them that seriously. I never really cared. It's, honestly, it's uh, yeah. no offense They're to one of those schools that you that just you just don't... They're really usually really good, but no one really talks about mm-hmm. them. So. It'll be interesting that the Big 12 will have uh, 14 schools for the next two years and then 12 beginning in 2025. It'll just be a, that will be the big 14 It'll, briefly. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So that's the latest on uh, the desperation by the Big 12 to, to get a new TV contract with, with Fox or I think uh, they're going to be fine, ESPN. but good luck to you. We'll be, we'll be not sad to see you go. Sounds like Sark's pretty uh, impressed with everything he's seen so far with the Longhorns. As he should be. As he should As be. As he should be. And they, look, they look great. Even if the, that Texas Tech loss... Happened. They still looked pretty great in that too. We talked a lot after the uh, the OU game about the poise of Quinn Ewers, but you could really make the argument that whole team has got poise. Mm-hmm. There's a, I don't know. There's just a definite uh, confidence that's exuding from them right now. And every single and time they trounce somebody like they did OU, it just grows. Uh-huh. And that's how you win games. That's how you win close games. That's how you win games against better opponents. Uh, Ewers playing with confidence, making Texas an absolute formidable top 25 caliber team. Uh, look, but Sark's not taking Iowa State seriously. He's still giving a lot of credit to the defense. Mm-hmm. And I, but uh, Iowa State's 0-3 in conference play right now. Right? I mean, record doesn't reflect playing it doesn't. how they've been playing. It doesn't. You're right. Because they have looked really good. They just played some pretty good teams. Uh, so, yeah, here's Sark on Iowa State's defense. Well, I mean, they do it all, right? They lead our conference in rush defense. They lead our conference in pass defense. They lead our conference in total defense. They lead our conference in scoring defense. So what don't they do well is probably a, is probably a better question. They do a good job of minimizing the run game. They do a good job of uh, minimizing the explosive passes. They do a really good job of playing red zone defense. They do a great job on third down. Uh, and they keep you out of the end zone. So that, that's, that's kind of what they do well. That's high praise. Those are short. Yeah, those are short list of things they do well, <laughs> which is a lot of things that they do well. Now, so clearly he's not taking them lightly, and I would hope the horns aren't getting themselves too overconfident. What was it? What was it? The uh, the rat poison was that what it was? Rat a poison. few year, a few yep. uh, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Don't want that. I don't think they're. I don't think this is a team that ever will look past anyone, especially after what they went through last year. Well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Uh, and and there's also been talk, you know, with, with what they did with with what they did. 
to OU and mm-hmm. coming back here. And I think they lost last year was a thirty to seven. I think it was one of their most un- uninspiring yeah. uh, losses of, of the season last year. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of talk of a revenge tour and uh, whether or not UT is on a revenge tour this year. I've never never really done it before. You know, every year you're always trying to find the right buttons to push emotionally, psychologically for your team. You know, I felt like last season we let a lot of games slip away. You know, when you when you go through it that way, you can hear a lot of the negativity that comes with that, you know, of what's wrong, you know, why can't they finish, you know, what happens in the second half, the players aren't in good condition, the players aren't strong enough, the coaches don't make adjustments, right? They, they hear all that stuff. And you have to find a way to kind of flip the script and get it to where, you know, well, what are we doing about it? And how are we going to go about it? And then what's what's our you know, kind of what's our mission? Inevitably, there's a lot of these games that we're going back into to play these same teams. And there's got to be a, a little bit of sense of revenge and not so much revenge on the opponent, revenge our own actions of, of how we performed in those moments in those games uh, to ultimately go finish those ball games. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, if if they didn't have motivation already, that is a good reminder of what they went through last year and how they want revenge on all those teams that were they clearly did not have the right team in place. But there was more players that wanted to do well compared to maybe the players that didn't, and that's how it came to be with all those losses. Well, I got to feel that, uh, I mean, they got to be flying high after that De Niro Goodfellas beating they laid on OU over the weekend. I mean, that was... that was Absolutely. They... Uh, it was one of the most lopsided games in this in this Red River rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Horns ended OU's 167 streak a game streak of uh, scoring a touchdown. That was the longest active streak in the FBS. Bummer. That right there is is enough to make sorry, you feel good about sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Hook them. So uh, if you're looking to watch uh, the game, it's 11 o'clock on Saturday here in Austin at DKR. The Horns four and two, and uh, Iowa State's three and three. Uh, Horns two and one in conference play. Zero oh and three for Iowa State in conference play. But uh, what's your score prediction? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I know you said something yesterday, but I don't remember what it was. I, I'm thinking probably. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it stuck around like twenty four ten. Okay, something like that. Okay. Well, I mean, God, the way he talks about that defense, though. I mean, well, that's way, why I, I think that Texas has got an explosive enough offense. Sounds like they're to top, score. Yeah, they're top five in a lot of categories. I think this is gonna be. I want to say seventeen thirteen. I think the defenses are going to show up this weekend, big uh, time. Yeah, same. All right. Well. I, I mean, unless unless I'm give I'm not giving Quinn Ewers enough credit for how good he actually is, and he can score on anyone. Well, and that you know I, that's, I that's a good point. I wouldn't be surprised of a blowout, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's a close, low score. It'll be interesting to see how he plays against a, a defense that's that's definitely better mm-hmm. than what he w- went up against. You know, first game back, you look great. Looked like a practice game for But they kind of had a hack defense, yeah. right? And yep. and so he'll be up against something better. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles So don't be surprised if he doesn't, you know, put up big numbers because it's not – It's I, you would assume it's not him. It's more the defense. But I think, you know, they got to adjust. So they we'll gotta, see. They got to adjust. Uh, also with the 40 Acres, uh, UT men's basketball team uh, picked to finish in uh, third place in Big 12 Conference in the preseason vote. This is of the league's coaches, conference office says today. I'm excited Coaches to can't vote team. for their own team, though. Right. They cannot. Uh, Baylor claims the top spot in this poll. They got five first-place votes, 77 points in polling for the upcoming season. Kansas got four first-place votes. Rounding out the top three, you got Texas. Uh, and then uh, you got TCU, Oklahoma State, Tech, Oklahoma, Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas. 
in, in that order there. Hook them. And Texas looking pretty good. Uh, they, mm-hmm. They've got five rotational players from Chris Beard's first season in Austin. Uh, they posted a 22 and 12 mark that season, number 25 on the final AP poll. Yeah, they're going to be better around this 32 year. in the tournament. Yeah, they're going to be much better this year. Yeah, uh, they've got uh, f- so the three of the five uh, returning rotation players earned all Big 12 conference recognition. That includes Tammy Allen, Marcus Carr, and Christian Bishop. Oh boy, they had a pair of transfers uh, in uh, Tyrese Hunter and uh, Sergibari Rice, which is a great name, by the way. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Texas is going to tip off the season with a charity exhibition game against Arkansas on uh, Saturday, the 29th of this month, 3 p.m. at the Moody Center, and then Horns open up the regular season uh, against UTEP Monday, November 7th, with a tip off at 8 p.m. that evening. Giddy up! So hook them. Uh, yeah, yeah, should, should be pretty exciting times. Uh yeah, you, you, so you say you're excited about this this Horns I love, men's, men's I basketball love, team. I'm a big fan of college basketball in general. I just think it's different than watching the NBA because these guys really care. They're much more passionate and they're actually trying, and they want to now make some money. So the the product has only improved. Yeah. And yeah, I just think there's something more exciting about college basketball. It just I feel the same way about college the, the, football. The closeness of the crowd, the way everyone is really involved. Um, I just a lot of games are closer. You know. You, it's not like football where you're always going to blow out an opponent, which happened. But like when you watch teams like Kansas fall early and stuff like, yeah, just, I don't know. I love it. I love. I kind of how Sark describes how much he loves college football. That's how much I love college basketball. What about college baseball? You watch you much know, college I baseball? I don't really watch a lot. You ought to it's, watch it's the horns. It's never really play. on TV, so I don't really ever get a chance. The horns. The horns have. Uh, it's a lot of the horns. Baseball is a lot of fun to watch. I do, I used to walk Fact, by and great stand under on the little, uh, the little benches out on the. Outfield because I used to live by the stadium. Over by the dish? Yeah. yeah. I used to love uh, Augie Garrido, still one of my favorite all time uh, well, baseball coaches yeah. in college for sure. Yeah. But uh, the late Augie Garrido. That's going to do it for us today here on the bullpen. Paul, Paul Feinbaum's up next. Giddy up. Giddy up. We'll Sports see talk you four to six. Four to six, and we'll see Giddy you on myself. See ya. See ya.